The following message is from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about Life Source is available at lifesource.org.au. Guys, when, when, when you sit back and you listen to what we have just done in 12 months, that's one church. That's not a movement. That's one church. What's accomplished in 12 months is phenomenal. And um, that's the church that you belong to. That's the church that you partner with. And that's the church that uh, has a heart to continue doing this incredible work of touching the world. We're touching the world. So the big question that a lot of people ask is, well, why do you do that? Why do you do missions? Well, I'm so glad you asked that question because I'm going to spend the next 15 minutes just sharing sharing with you why we do missions. Number one, Because God was the first missionary. Genesis chapter 3. You open it up and you know it's just right at the beginning of the Bible. And it's the story of the fall of Adam and Eve. And uh, you know Genesis 1 chapter 2 is the creation. And then chapter 3 is the fall. And get hold of this. There was only one thing that God asked them not to do. See the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Don't eat the fruit of it. It's like there wasn't 10 commandments. There wasn't 300 commandments. It was just one thing. See that tree? Don't eat of it. Guess what they did? They ate the tree. They ate the tree. They they didn't eat the tree. Let me get this right, okay? They ate the fruit from the tree. Bad indigestion if you eat the tree, that's for sure. They ate the fruit from the tree and, and consequently disobedience, sin entered the world. I don't think that we, um, we, we put as much value on sin as God does. And uh, this, this broke relationship. But then what we see is this in, verse, in Genesis chapter 3, um, verse 9, it says, Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? And so here we have the first missionary, God. The first missionary out looking for lost people. They were lost. Where are you? They were lost. They were lost in their sin. And he's God reaching out to them, the first missionary, God. There's only two sinners on the planet, Adam and Eve. And yet God's love was big enough to reach out. See, we hear the cliche, if you were the only sinner, Jesus would have died for you. Well, we've got, we've got an example of this. And right there at the beginning of the Bible, only two sinners and God came. God came for two. That's the value of the souls. And so God came you know, not just to punish them. And, and again, you know, one of the things that we do is we look at that and, you know, he punished them. No, no, God came to show them there's consequences for sin, but also to give them escape. And the Bible says that God actually then took the skins of animals that were sacrificed and clothed them and clothed their nakedness. Here they were in guilt, in shame, in fear, and God came to remove their guilt, their shame and their fear. How many people are on this planet today that are just covered in guilt and shame and fear? And the gospel, the gospel, the message, the Bible is there to help people overcome their guilt, their shame and their fear and to give them a hope and a future. There's nothing that gives people a hope and a future like the gospel. Can anybody say amen to that? Then he's God and he had one son. One, how many of you know that God only had one son? And he made him a missionary. How many of you can see that, that missions is right there 
in the heart of God. He was the first missionary. He came. One son made him a missionary and sent him. How many of you know that's, that's reason enough for us to do missions? Let, let me give you some more reasons why we do missions. The second point is that God told us. And, um, and so let me read you a couple of scriptures that are found between Easter and Ascension. So Matthew 28 verse 19. Matthew 28 verse 19 happened between Easter the death, and re- the death and resurrection of Jesus was Easter time. And then there's 40 days between Easter and Ascension, where Jesus ascended into heaven. 40 days. So here's Jesus having spent three years with the disciples, training them, teaching them. And now we're talking the final run, 40 days. So how many of you, how many of you know that if this is the final run, you make sure that you underline the most important things that you want them to get. And so in Matthew 28, um, what we find is that on this mountain in Galilee, and Galilee's about 100 k's north of Jerusalem, he met up with them. It was like going to camp. It was like, let's go up to Galilee and let's have some, let's have some time together. And they're on this mountain in Galilee. And he says, go therefore, make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of all nations, not one nation, not two nations, all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So why do we do missions? Because it's the Great Commission. Jesus told us to do it. And so we're doing it because he told us to do it. Then Mark 16, um, what we have is not the mountain in Galilee, but a table, a dinner table that's prepared. And so Jesus is at this dinner table with his disciples, with his 11, and he says to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So mountain in Galilee, a table somewhere, I don't know where, but there's a table, they're having dinner. The same message, go and make disciples of all nations. Go and preach the gospel to every creature. Then in Luke 24, 47, it's, it's the end of the book of Luke. It's the end of the story of Jesus. And there he makes it very clear that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. So again, it's this emphasis, gospel to all nations, every creature, keep preaching the gospel. And then the final thing that he said, the last words that are recorded in the Bible that Jesus said before the ascension. How many of you know where it's found? The last words that Jesus said before he ascended into heaven. That's right, you got it right. It's found in Acts, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. These are the last words that Jesus spoke before he ascended into heaven. And as soon as he finished speaking these words, he ascended into heaven. And these are what Jesus said, his very last words, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria. And here it is. And to the end of the earth. And kaboom, off he goes. His last words. So, so, so this is what someone once said that, that I've taken to heart. Church, we should make Christ's last command our first priority. And that's why we do missions, because it was his last thing. Imagine this, the very last thing that someone says before they go, and by the way, don't forget, not switch off the lights, make sure the gas is switched off. And by the way, don't forget, 
The last thing that you need to do is take this gospel to the ends of the earth. His last command. Most important thing. And you know what? I just thank God for that. Because it's my story. It's your story. Someone brought the gospel to you. A missionary somewhere, somehow, brought the gospel to you. It's my story. My story was connected to a missionary going all the way from the United States of America to a little town in, in the south of Italy called Raguna, where my grandfather was one of the mafia bosses in this little town. How many of you knew my grandfather was a mafia boss? He used to carry two pistols. So it's in the blood, guys. <laughs> Just don't cross me is all I can say. Because I get Helen onto you. And if my, my lieutenants, I tell you, they got power with God. So watch out. So point is this, that he's this, he's this Italian migrant that had gone to America to make, make money. Got saved in America. Not only was he saved, he got filled with the Holy Spirit. With people that were connected with the Azusa Street Revival. And, and we're talking the 30s. This is 1939. And a whole bunch of these... Italian migrants had this compassion, this, this, this yearning of the Spirit. Here we are saved and enjoying the gospel, but our relatives back in Italy are lost. And so he went all the way from the America to Ragona, this little country town in the south of Italy, and tried to preach the gospel. Nobody listened to him. Then on the last night, just before he goes back to Italy, my grandfather went to pay his respects, which is the noble thing to do. So what are you doing here? Well, I've come to share the gospel. What's the gospel? Shared the gospel with my grandfather. He got saved the last night. Just the last night. Got gloriously saved. My grandfather then became a preacher, a pastor. So his whole family had to get saved. That's the way that it was. So grandfather got saved. The kids all got saved. You will do as you're told. You will get saved. They all got saved. Then, then my grandfather... This is my mother's father, incidentally. His name was Campisi. That's the surname, Campisi. Then he goes to this village that was the village where my, my father was born, preaches the gospel. My father gets saved. And so then my father ends up marrying the preacher's daughter. And so here it is, the family line continues. And so, so but a missionary started this chain reaction. And so I'm a debtor. To missions. I'm a debtor to this missionary. I never knew him. But he came all the way to see my grandfather saved, who led my father to the Lord. And my parents got, you know, got married, led me to the Lord, and, 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 and the story goes on. And here I am today, a debtor. But you know what? When I was a little kid growing up, we, again, migrant family, Italian Pentecostals that had migrated from Italy to Australia, looking for their community. The Assemblies of God, United States, decided that they wanted to send a missionary to Australia to work with these Italian Pentecostals that needed a church. And so they sent a missionary called Anthony Foti. He came all the way from the United States to work with these migrant Italians. And so he lived in Sydney, but every fortnight he'd catch a train to go to Newcastle to run a home group in my parents' place. And every fortnight, every Tuesday night for the Wednesday night meeting, he'd come across and he'd run this home group meeting. And, and when I was a little kid growing up, Pastor Fodi was my hero. He, was so, he so impacted my life that as a little kid, 
It was my dream one day to be like Pastor Fodi. That's the impact that he had on my life. How many of you think that's absolutely awesome that someone would live such a Christ-like life that a little kid would say, that's my model. I want to be like him. And I can still remember as a 12-year-old, we, we were in Italy. We, we'd gone for a visit and my parents wanted to buy me a, a suit. And they said, what suit do you want? I said, I want a suit like Pastor Fodi's. And so um, anyway, the point is this, the impact that missionaries have made upon my life. And so when, when, when we arrived here, it was like, we've we got to do this. We've got to do this. And it was 1998 that God came knocking at my door saying, John, do you want to do a church? Do you want to be a church that does missions or do you want to be a missions church? And I said, God, we want to be a missions church. We don't want to be just, just a church that does missions, but a missions church. And see, this is the point that when heaven judges a church, it doesn't judge it on its seating capacity. It judges it on its sending capacity. And over the last 20 years, we've been able to send close to 50 missionaries out of this church. This is one church. This is not a movement. I mean, our movement, the Australian Christian churches have sent a lot more than that. But this is just one church, close to 50 missionaries. How powerful is that? Why? Because we put up our hand and said, God... We, we want to be used by you. Reason, let me finish off by saying, the reason we do missions is because we put value on people. What's the value of a soul? What's the value of your soul? This is what the Bible says in Mark chapter 8, verse 36 to 37. What will it profit a man if he gives the whole world, if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? So this is what the Bible says. The value of your soul is worth more than all the gold in the world. Everybody say, I'm valuable. Don't you ever lose sight of how valuable you are. Because Adam and Eve were so valuable that God came down just to save them. And I'm, I'm a big believer that if you were the only lost person in this world, Jesus would die on the cross for your sins. See, what you've got to do is understand the value that you have to God. When you understand your value, then you place value on others. So I looked at those little kids in the, in the Philippines waving to Life Source Church. Did you get the fact that they were waving to Life Source Church? They were waving to you. And you know what they were saying? Thank you for sending. Thank you for giving. Thank you. We're saved because of you. We, we're saved because of you. I don't know if you, if you get this, but when we get to heaven, we're going to meet people that... That we don't even know who they are, but they're going to say, thank you for sending. Thank you for sending. Thank you. We wouldn't be here if you hadn't sent. The value of a soul. So here's my challenge for you is that when all is said and done and everything in this world is finished, it's only what we've done for God that's eternal. Guys, you know, I really want to confront you with this. Because everything in this world is trying to cause us to be myopic and just focus in this world, in this life. We've got to work harder. We've got to get a bigger home, a bigger car, big, this, this, that, and the other. And you know what? The Bible says, seek you first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. It's not as if God doesn't want you to have things. He just doesn't want them to be in your heart. He just doesn't want things to be your first priority. Anne and I decided when we first got married that we weren't going to put things in our heart 
and God put the things in our pockets. And we lived such a blessed life because we made sure that things and money didn't get into our heart. And we've sacrificed for the kingdom of God. But you know what? God's no man's debtor. God's given back to us, pressed down, shaking together, running over in our life. And Anne and I live blessed lives because we don't have it in our heart. And we're open to give and continually give and, and consistently give. Why? Because we put value on people. We put value on a soul. We put value on a child. And one of the moving scenes in recent movie history is a scene out of Schindler's List. This incredibly confronting movie about Oscar Schindler who ended up saving 1,100 Jews from annihilation by simply giving them work in his factory. And at the end of the war... At the end of the war, these people that were saved because Schindler gave them a job in his factory wanted to repay him. They didn't have anything to give him. And so some of them had some gold teeth. And so they were willing to give the gold teeth. And they gave the gold teeth and they made a ring out of these gold teeth for Schindler. They melted the gold teeth down and made a ring. And on the inside of the ring... They inscribed a passage from the Talmud that says this. Whoever saves one life saves the world entire. Let's have a look. Hebrew from the Talmud that says whoever saves one life saves the world entire. Two people. 
this gold to two more people. It would have given me two for it, at least one. It would have given me one, one more. One more person. Just one more person, just one more. Could we do more? Thank you so much for what you've done for so many people. We have a database of over 3 million people that have come to Christ just through the metamorphic church planters. But is there one more? That one more could be your relative, it could be your friend, it could be your child. be someone that you know and it's all just about getting involved and partnering with us so I don't know some of you can give some of you can go or you can be like me that not only gives but goes as well and that's that's the commitment and in these latter years of my life if anything I'm going to give more and go more and um, you know the days are, are short it's nearly the end of the age and you know there's more people to win to Christ than ever before and as a church we got to make it our first priority and so today and next week it's it's all about making it our first priority and and celebrating just what we've done i mean it's phenomenal what we've done but there's more to do i really believe that our best days are, are still in front of us and i'm excited about that but look at the end of it all it's the value of one soul and we are placed here on the in Sydney to reach people in Sydney for Jesus and our mission field starts in Sydney and it goes to the ends of the earth and and for, for us to go to Fairfield and and reach those people in Fairfield or for us to go to Chatswood and reach the people in Chatswood it's it's with the gospel and giving people a hope and a future taking away their fear taking away their shame and their guilt what can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And that's the message. The message is that people can have forgiveness of sins by receiving Jesus Christ into their life. For God 
so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the gospel right there. That's the message. Why should anybody hear it twice when most of the world has not even heard it once? That's why we do missions. But maybe you're here today and you're not right with God. I don't want you to leave this place because you're part of our mission field without first receiving Jesus. For those of you that have received Jesus, I don't want you to leave this place without making a deeper commitment that you'll do all you can to reach one more for Jesus. Just one more. Everybody say one more. You can't lose sight of just one more. Just one more for Jesus. But maybe you're here this morning and you know that your sins have not been forgiven. You're not sure that your name is written in the book of heaven. You're not sure if you were to die today that you would receive the gift of eternal life. Maybe because of sin in your life, there's a guilt and there's a shame. Well, the good news for you is that Jesus Christ paid the penalty for your sins. And he wants to take them all away from you. Wants to remove them from you as far as the east is from the west, what the Bible says. What an incredible thing just to think that once the east is removed from the west, they never ever get to meet again. Matter of time, as time moves on, they get further and further away. That's what God wants to do to all of your sins. Remove them from you so that you're never ever confronted with them again. Never ever punished for them because the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you. So, But what do you have to do? Just simple, just so simple that even children can do it. First of all, admit. Admit that you've sinned. Can we do that? Can we all admit that we've sinned? I'm the first to put up my hands. I've sinned. I've done things that I'm ashamed of. Well, the second thing is just to believe that Jesus died for you. Can you believe that? That Jesus, 2,000 years ago, died upon the cross, shed his blood to wash your sins. Do you believe that? That on the third day he rose from the dead. We're celebrating Easter in two weeks' time to remind us that's exactly. Do you believe that? You say, well, yeah, I believe that then there's only one thing left for you to do. And what's that? Just commit yourself to following Jesus. Just make him your Lord and your Savior. You know, it's one thing to believe. It's another thing to say, I'm going to do something about that belief. I'm going to commit myself to following Jesus. Thanks for listening to this message from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at lifesource.org.au to find out more about our church and to also access other free resources.